The Tigers are playing. Two nights. I never miss a game. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. Give me all you got! You know, I don't know how to do laundry, Stuart. I've been needing laundry lessons. You're goddamn right. Welcome to Comic-Con. A geek podcast for the rest of us. A geek podcast for the rest. Welcome to Comic-Con's podcast, a geek podcast for the rest of us who are the motherfucking rest of us. My name is Nick Stevens. I am your host, but in a way, aren't we all? And joining me is, uh, well, no one. It's just me. It's me and myself. And uh, we got to clear out the cobwebs sometimes. Sometimes we got to do a little solo rant. Sometimes we got to make some room. Sometimes we got to make some space. Sometimes we got to take out the trash. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to take trash out of your car and you don't feel like hauling it all the way up to the apartment, right? You live on the fourth floor, you know? There's not a dumpster nearby to just toss it in. There actually is more on that later. But then there's a poop trash can, right? There's several poop trash cans, shit trash cans, doggy, cat, whatever animal. I'm not, I'm not discriminating, but most likely dog. Where the people, the residents, the neighbors, my neighbors have to pick up after said dogs and throw their dog shit away. And maybe I maybe I throw an occasional fucking Diet Coke can in that same fucking trash can. These are smaller trash cans designated for dog shit, right? Or any kind of feces, like I said before. And uh, not trash, just feces, you know? And uh, I might even throw like a fucking McDonald's Happy Meal in that bitch sometimes, you know? I'm cleaning up the car. I don't feel like driving around to the back of the building and hauling it in there. I don't feel like taking it upstairs to the apartment. So I toss it in there. No harm, no foulsy. It's not like it's overflowing. They empty those shits out every day or two, you know? And I'm not going to litter. And I'm not going to leave it in the car for it to fucking smell like a rotting corpse the next day over. So sometimes you got to make some room, like I said, make some space. And wouldn't you know it, I fucking put some McDonald's trash in that bitch. And get this, folks. Get this shit. The next day, today actually... It's raining, it's pouring, the old man, he's not snoring. No, that trash is on the fucking curb, outside the fucking trash can. And these trash cans are like on these little like metal posts, you know, with signs that say, you know, put your dog's, you know, feces here, your dog shit goes in here, or there's a fine or whatever. Some people walk on the outskirts of the fucking complex, and they let their big ass fucking dog shit, and they don't pick up after them. It's fucking horrible. We don't have that problem because we have a little tiny dog, she poops like once a year, you know what I'm saying? But I digress. The point is, I fucking put the trash in there, and when I fucking come back from my fucking holiday with my son, you know, and I got a text from my wife. She's like, Nick, you can't fucking leave that trash there. She knows it's me because the McDonald's trash is inside one of these brown paper bags that I got out of her car. So she knows who the culprit is. But I didn't leave the goddamn trash on the sidewalk. I'm not a fucking litter bug. I'm not going to leave it there for it to fucking piss off Captain Planet with his powers combined. God no. So some motherfucker went to this trash can. Mind you, there's several of these throughout the complex. They were so pissed that they couldn't put their dog shit 
in the trash can. I guess the McDonald's trash. Look, it was a lot of McDonald's trash, okay? It was like a Happy Meal, some fucking wrappers. Maybe it was a giant cup. Might have been some other fucking shit in there, too. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of full. But you can't put a fucking baggie of dog shit on top of that shit. No, this person rips the whole fucking trash, pulls the trash, my trash, my food trash, out of the shit trash can, puts it outside the shit trash can, right? They're making space, leaves it there. Basically, they're like, you know what? This trash can's for shit only, not food trash. So I'm taking it. What kind of a sick human fucking being (laughs) digs in the trash, pulls out the the food trash just to put the dog shit trash in there, then leaves said human trash, right? Food trash from me, yours truly, on the ground, just getting soaked in the fucking rain. The rain's fucking going through that brown paper bag like Jesse the Body Venture went through that fucking forest in Predator Uno. That's right. If you don't know, you googs. That rain tore that fucking bag apart. So, of course, I answered my wife's text with the obligatory, Hey, do you, what kind of a man do you think you married? Of course, I wouldn't leave the trash in the corner. But don't you worry. I'll clean it up. She's more embarrassed because she's like, we're the only fucking couple in this neighborhood or this complex that has a kid. They see a fucking Happy Meal. They know it's us. Plus, everybody knows I have those brown paper bags, which I don't even understand what that means, but you know what I'm saying. So I clean the fucking shit up. But in the entire time in my head, I'm thinking, A, I probably could have just driven around to the back of the complex and thrown this shit in the dump or taken it upstairs to my apartment and put it in my trash can. I get that. But what kind of sick fuck goes the extra mile and litters Because he or she acknowledges, I think it was a she, I think it was a woman, a woman fucking did that shit. I feel like a man wouldn't be petty enough to do that shit, you know what I'm saying? That's right, you heard me folks, I said it. (laughs) I think it's totally a woman's job, like a Karen, that went in there, she didn't feel like calling the manager, so she was like, you know what, fuck this shit, I'm taking the food trash at her. She probably saw me do it, but rather than confront me like, hey... You can't walk there, you stupid bitch. Just kidding, she would have said something like this. Hey, what the fuck, man? You know only dog shit goes in that trash can. Bottom line, kids, sometimes you gotta make some space. And what kind of a sick fuck? Okay, what kind of a sick fuck? You heard me. Pulls trash out of a trash can because they don't feel like putting dog shit. They just, look, they just had to put dog shit in that trash can. And none of the other trash cans. Like, if I saw a trash can was full and I had, to, I had to pick up some dog shit in a baggie and throw it away, I'd go to another trash can. They're only like 20 feet apart from one another, you know? Maybe 30 feet, you know? They're, they're spread out throughout the complex. They see a brown paper bag full of McDonald's trash in there and they're like, ah. No, I think there was a message. They were trying to send a fucking message. And that's the point that I start analyzing, right? I got to break this point down. That's fucking disturbing. Like the level of forethought that went into this to take the trash out because they want to send a message, you know? What is the message? Go fuck yourself, Nick Stevens. <laughs> oh, shit. Go fuck yourself. I'm glad you're dead. Ah, <laughs> oh, you are a vicious bastard for telling I'm, I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. Oh, well, what are we talking about tonight, kids? We can talk about anything you want to talk about. I, I actually sent a message out to the Kamikazes knowing that this was going to be a solo rant. You know, it is after the holiday, after all. The holiday being the thanks for the giving. I hope everybody did have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a thankful Thanksgiving and something to be thankful for. Look, if you come home at the end of your day and you have somebody that loves you and, and uh, somebody that uh, can give you a hug and say, hey, 
we miss you. I miss you. You have more than most. So I hope uh, all of you listening got to spend the holiday with some people or some loved ones or even with some friends or even with your pets. Just uh, just spending it with people, pets, things, places, doing stuff, you know. Uh, I'm very grateful for uh, having the family and friends that uh, I have. And uh, I'm grateful for uh, for you guys, too, for uh, chiming in with your thoughts and your um, your DMs, you know. Because I put it out there. I was like, look, look, give us a topic, you know. Give me all you got because I got nothing. I mean, I could talk about a few. There's a few things that could come to mind. I'm sure that when you listen to this podcast, when you tune in on your drive time commute, or maybe you're walking on the fucking treadmill, you know, maybe you're getting ready to wrist one out to fucking Sybil Danning's greatest hits. Uh, maybe you want to hear me talk about more than uh, expensive bottles. If you don't know, you Googs Batman 1992 returns. Uh, <laughs> no, but maybe you want to hear me talk about more than trash, right? I put it out there on the IGs and you guys responded in kind, okay? And actually, a few of you kind of threw out a few different uh, things, and then a few of you threw out a lot of the same shit. So I'll kind of read the greatest hits here. You know what I'm saying? Let's see. Let's let's just jump in. At Carpe DM 69 Andor season finale. Wow. Okay, that's doable. Let's talk about it. It was it was great. I mean, is this not one of the greatest shows of all time? I was just telling my mom about this the other day. I went and visited my mom at her apartment. Uh, I didn't get to have Thanksgiving with her this year, so I she was down at my sister's in Richmond, and I went by her apartment today to check in on her, see how she was doing. I had, to, I had to sign her up for the Hulu and the HBO Max, and then she's looking on the fucking uh, Disney Plus. She goes, "Andor, I don't really care for this. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's any good." And I was like, "Oh, have you watched any of it?" She goes, "No." And I, <laughs> and I love that too. I love that when uh, like when older people, especially, will just say, "I don't, I don't, I don't care for this. I don't like this." I don't like it. I don't like it. And you go, oh, have you seen it? Have you read it? No. No, I haven't. But still, I don't like it. And rest in peace, Angela Lansbury. I don't know if I get to do my mom's voice as Angela Lansbury anymore now that Lansbury's passed. But I'm always like, every time I think about my mom, I'm always thinking like, tale is all is time. So when she's talking to me about Andor, she goes, I don't like it one bit. But your father used to like, and she goes on a thing about, you know, my father used to like, I don't know if he ever liked any of this stuff. To be honest, I think she kind of dragged him to all this stuff. The way she kind of put me onto this stuff, you know, I mean, she did show me Robocop at age seven. So I guess I got to give her thanks for that. Thanks, mom, for that. Now I can never stop talking about that movie 30, 40 years later. And here we are still talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Still talking about Robocop. We could talk about Robocop. We could just talk about Robocop tonight, because after all, I don't have a topic. But no, seriously, uh, Andor, season finale, it was solid, and I love the show. Um, I don't I don't think it's the greatest Star Wars show of, show of, I don't think it's the greatest Star Wars show of all time. I think it's an exceptionally well-done show. I've heard a few people and seen a few people on the interweb saying, oh, it's better than Mando, it's better than Obi-Wan, and I think there's just, it's just different flavors, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got your Baskin-Robbins with your fucking 52,000 flavors, whatever the fuck it is. You know, some people like that Rocky Road. Some people like that pistachio. Some people like that cookies and cream, you know? I've always been down with the swirl myself. But I'd have to say, I think it's probably one of the best-written shows currently on TV right now. That Tony Gilroy and his brother, I can't remember his first name, but the Gilroys, they fucking crushing it. That show is really well done. I mean, the idea that we see not only... 
a space prison. Not only are we seeing different sides of the empire, the intrinsic, deep-seated, dark, dastardly, devilish thoughts of the empire. I mean, come on. Electrocuting people in a prison with a fucking electric floor? (laughs) That's pretty gruesome. And then just never letting them out, but letting them think that they're going to get out? Like that mind fucking... And we've talked about it kind of sporadically on the show, but I'll say it again. The torturous screams of, an, of alien children to fucking break a person. No, it was powerful, man. And the pacing was good. Some people said it was slow. It was probably a little slow here and there. But the pacing was good. It was like a, I don't know, that whole spy and espionage thing, but in space. And I agree with my better half, Mr. Powell. I agree that it does not feel Star Wars-y, even though we got TIE Fighters. Um, there were like there were episodes that felt more Star Warsy than others, but at, the reason why I think it worked was because overall it was just a really well-made show. It could have been set in any universe, and it still would have worked really well. And you cared about the characters because everybody had their motivations and their background was just very well developed. You know what I'm saying? It was the first thing I was watching every Wednesday morning on the fucking train to the moon base, 5 a.m., popping that shit on, and um, kind of funny too because I'm watching that shit and then I'm going into the moon base. And of course, spoiler alerts, kid, they're building the goddamn Death Star in the prison, and then I'm going into the moon base to build another Death Star. Spoiler alerts. Uh, <laughs> it kind of felt like, not counterintuitive, but just kind of like almost counterculture kind of thing where I was like, I'm watching this and I'm going in here. You know, It's kind of like when you listen, you listen to Rage Against the Machine you know, while you're paying your taxes and going into your office job. You're like, yeah, man, fuck yeah. Rage Against the Machine, freedom, just another bomb track. Do you get, do you get those uh, TPS reports? Okay, just make sure you make sure you cross those T's and dot those I's. And then I'm screaming, wake up with Zach De La Rocha. Whatever happened to Zach De La Rocha besides ripping off teenagers for that fucking comeback concert? Whatever happened to that? Hmm? Whatever happened to a kid shouldn't pay any more than he earns in a week for a t-shirt for a concert? Huh? Huh, Eddie? How'd that Ticketmaster battle go? inflation inflation um andor was solid i'm excited for season two i'm excited to see how they how that leads into rogue one that's another really neat thing about this show is that we know how it ends in a way right for a lot of these characters and it's kind of cool seeing where it begins you know and the prequel thing can be done ad nauseum and it can be a little overkill sometimes especially in the, the the remake and reboot culture and the sequel culture that we're in you know with marvel movies and and john wicks and your and your Star Treks and your Star Wars. I'm like, oh, let's get a prequel. Let's get an origin. Let's get a threequel. Let's get a threesome. Let's get a foursome. Let's get a twosome. Let's get a POV, anal, rim job. Let's get it all. <laughs> and uh, it's good that they, it's just really well done. That's, I just, I can't, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just a really well done show. And I guess it's refreshing. It is refreshing because. I mean, Mando's not a perfect show. I think it's a great show. I think it's a... I love the, I love the fucking Mandalorian, and I can't wait for season three. And I wasn't even a big hater on Bubba Fett because it gave us more Mandalorian. Some people saw it as a cop-out. Should they have done a better, do, a, a better job at making a Bubba Fett show? Could they have done more? Absolutely. I mean, there's whole books and comics on this fucking character that they could have just adapted or explored or changed or retconned. They didn't really do a whole lot of any of that. There's definitely some problems in that world right i mean there's some problems right but it nothing's perfect and there's different strokesies for different folksies you know what i mean some people love miss marvel i thought it was fine i didn't love it 
Some people love Moon Knight. I thought it was pretty damn good. Um, some people hated She-Hulk. I thought it was a fun little romp. But it wasn't my favorite. I did love it when she hooked up with Daredevil, though. Man, did I love that shit. Simply the best Tina turns, if you don't know, you googs. At AJ Wilco. Uh, oh, he said Andor, too. So, yeah. We talked about it. Andor. Absolutely. Gotta talk about Andor. Can't stop talking about it, really. I mean, I can't really stop thinking about Luthen. I just... This character, played by Stellan Skarsgård, who, by the way, I've always loved as an actor, what kind of gravitas, what kind of bravado does he really, does he not lend to the role? You know what I mean? He's just there. He's just chewing up that scenery. And then Forrest Whitaker, then let's call it war. <laughs> war. Not to be confused with Richard Harris, who talked just like this. And Richard Harris never made an entrance without making an entrance. Don't get it twisted. <clears throat> At Turok89, Deadpool 3 villain question mark? Hmm, casting. I, uh, you know, I read this the other day when you sent this in, and I did not get it right away. And then I had to do my own little counter counterintuitive research. I, uh, I read that they were casting somebody in their 30s to 50s, a woman character. Um, and people are speculating online. It's Lady Deathstrike. Or Deathstroke. Deathstroke? No, Lady Deathstrike. Uh, who I think was y Yukiro. Yukiro. Yakairo. Yukiro. Huh? Yukiro. Yukiro Banana. Huh? <laughs> oh, God. Um, from X2, folks. That's right. Kelly Hugh from X2. If you don't know, you googs. Um, but I don't know. It could really be anybody. I don't really know the Deadpool comics like that. It could literally be anybody. I have no fucking clue who it could be. Um, but villains? Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Deadpool 3. So if he, he, Wade Wilson, is hanging out with Logan, Hugh Jackman, uh, <laughs> I, uh, it could be anybody from the X-Men universe, really. And it'd be kind of cool if it was an X-Men villain. I mean, people are saying also, I'd like to see Omega Red. Who wouldn't want to see Omega Red? Your boy here fucking loves Omega Red. I'd love to see Omega Red in that motherfucker. But I'm also thinking Owen Wilson's in it because the TVA is going to be in it, which, by the way, folks, pause, dot, 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 ellipsis. I can't fucking wait to see Deadpool 3 just for that alone. If Deadpool 3 is going to be walking around the goddamn TVA, the same TVA we saw in Loki, that right there is worth the price of admission. Like, just walking, just watching a show where he's a movie, boop, just watching a movie where Deadpool and Hugh Jackman... Like, potentially in a world where Deadpool finds said Hugh Jackman's Wolverine as a variant, or or even just, just that that version that we know in another timeline through the TVA and hilarity ensues, I'm fucking in. Take all my fucking money. And then at that point, if they just need to make Kang the big bad overarching, but then have like a sub baddie, like a like a like a like a fifth level, sixth level boss guy, you know, fucking I don't know. Like fucking double dragon style, you know. You had to fight that big ass dude with the huge fucking head. I think on like the, at the end of the second or third level, and you had to keep punching him. But if you punched him close enough to like the bridge or the cliff, he'd fall off. I don't know. I haven't played that game in fucking years, but I think I remember that. If I'm wrong, fucking email in or fucking I don't know. Sue me. I don't know. Sashumi. You know, Shishwami. Whatever you got to do. Um, but something like that would be badass. Any one of those X Men villains could work, like uh, Lady Deathstrike, Omega Red. You know, like that somebody that has a a Wolverine tie-in or even a Deadpool tie-in. Fuck it. You know? Bring in the fucking Hellfire Club again. I don't fucking care. 
But I haven't heard about any solid castings yet. But if I had to pick, I would say, let's see, let me try to cast Omega Red. I don't know, fuck, I'll be lazy as shit. Liev Schreiber, okay? Ray Donovan himself, Omega Red, you heard it here first. That'd be fantastic. Yes, I know he played Victor Creed in the Sabretooth and the Wolverine Origins, and it was a horrible movie. But guess what? He wasn't bad. He played a great Sabretooth. Fuck it. Backtrack. I think he he could just play Sabretooth again and make Sabretooth the fucking villain, or at least one of the villains. Bug it. And honestly, I don't care who plays the villain. Like I said, just watching Wade Wilson and fucking Logan hanging out in the TVA. Give me, give me your thoughts. Who do you think? Who do you want to see? I don't know. Shit. Jet, my blood I gave at the office. And year Trey, Trey Raymond. Come on, Nick. Come on. And year Trey Raymond. Okay, we talk all the time. I'm sorry I'm butchering your fucking handle. How Starship Troopers is a super underrated film. Talk about that, hmm? Well, you're not wrong. It's definitely underrated. And I say that because it's a Paul Verhoeven film. And most Paul Verhoeven films, in my mind, are underrated. Just like Robocop. You know, look, the only good bug is a dead bug, right? Uh, it was a Richard Heinlein or I think Robert Heinlein, Robert Heinlein book. Um, and it had nothing to do with the book. Uh, <laughs> the book was pretty good. It was like that old classic, classic, eerie kind of sci-fi storytelling. Very Ray Bradbury-ish kind of in a way. But... Uh, yeah, the movie was great because it was just, uh, it was fun. It was um, it was satirical, you know. The people were overacting, but they were also overacting on purpose. Like, everybody was in on the joke. They knew it was satirical, you know. And the way it was cut with those commercials and the, just like Robocop with the, with the military promos, you know. It's a very pro-military movie in a very tongue-in-cheek kind of way. And I think a lot of those themes still hold up today. And I didn't mean to rhyme, but what the fuck. Uh, <laughs> I think... I think it stands the test of time. I just did it like a year or two ago with Johnny Barnes, and we waxed rhapsodically about that motherfucker because I love the movie. I hold that movie dear to my heart. I own it. I uh, I watch it. I would say I watch it every couple of years or so. If it's And if it's on, I'll definitely fucking watch it. I'll stop and watch that shit because, again, it's just fun, you know? And uh, not to mention Denise Richards. Jesus fucking Christ. God. And actually, for my money... I mean, Denise Richards is great, but fucking Johnny Rico's girl, the girl he, she, he's like pals with, who the fuck, oh God, how can I forget her name? I never forget her name. I could be talking about a random ass movie and I won't forget her name, but for some reason now it's, it's escaping. Uh, Dina, Dina Meyer, Dina Meyer, Dina Meyer, Dina Meyer. Actually, oddly enough, I think she played Batgirl. What was that show? She did. She played Batgirl on that fucking um, Birds of Prey show. I don't know what the fuck happened to that show. I never watched it. But she played uh, Batgirl on that fucking show. And you can like Google that shit and she's in the Bat costume and she looks fucking phenomenal. I don't know what the fuck she's doing now. I don't know what any of those people are doing now. But you got Clancy Brown as a drill sergeant. He's great. Even fucking Johnny Rico. Casper Van Dien. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's great. Michael Ironside. Come on. Great fucking movie. CGI still holds up too, I think. You know? It's gruesome. It's gory. It's just silly fun, man. It's silly fun. And there's a reason why that movie spawned like three direct-to-DVD sequels in the Walmart bin. And now they're all on Netflix, I think. You know? So yeah, absolutely. Never get tired of talking about that movie. And it is underrated. I think all of his films really are underrated. Him being Paul Verhoeven. Haven't seen the newest one with the nuns that are going down on each other, but trust me, it's in my queue. And I will watch it. 
and I'll review it on the show. The Pauver Holmes, man, he's a uh, he's one of the greats. What can I say? Uh, let's see. Oh, Truck eighty nine also chimed in. He said, uh, "Let's see." Uh, first, he was talking about Deadpool. Oh, he said, "Oh, and Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, all the feels." Laughing emoji, cry face emoji. Yeah, man. I mean, I was gonna really just talk about this. If I t- if I didn't talk about anything, I was gonna talk about this. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Wow. Um. You know what? Let me let me pause on that. Let me get through these other ones, and I'll and I'll, I'll circle back to that because because that was I think that I think that needs a little bit more time, and I gotta I gotta digest my thoughts. I gotta. It's a symbiotic thing, you know. Like you're digesting your food while you're listening to this, and I'm digesting my thoughts. You know what I'm saying? A lot of you guys probably like to eat while you're listening to this. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys like to fucking rub one out, like I said earlier. I don't know. But uh, let me let me let me digest. Let me let me stew on that for a little bit. Um. At me, Jay Clark, end of year approaching. Which superhero soared high and which flew a bit too low in 2022? Well, of course, uh, I never turned down an opportunity to to get into any kind of conversation with Jay Clark, Mr. Jay Clark. So thank you for the DM. I, uh, who soared high? Who was, for 2022, who was like the Osiris? Besides Namor, right? Even though he's not really like a superhero, super superhero. I mean, he's super powered and i guess he's a hero in some some comics right he's kind of an anti-hero i guess if you haven't seen wakanda forever kids uh namor is like i mean he's pretty much the mvp of the whole movie you know he stands out Suri did a hell of a job everybody did a hell of a job it's a hell of a movie but namor really stood out as like oh shit you know he made namor cool you know if you can make a guy who's underwater cool and he's not even as Family Guy loves to point out, he's not even the coolest one. I mean, if you think about it, Aquaman, is way cooler because he can talk to the fucking fish, you know? <laughs> and if you haven't seen that Family Guy, fucking YouTube that shit because that shit, it's fucking hilarious. But it's true. It's really true. And to make Namor cool, even with those fucking wings on his feet, I mean, goddamn. Um, so he definitely soared high, pun intended. Um, as far as who flew, I would say Spider-Man also was probably the number one for 2022. I mean, I know people that have seen that fucking No Way Home like three to four times in theaters. And um, so Holland definitely like sort, well, Spider-Man, the character, I would say, not even Holland, but seeing Raimi's uh, Tobey Maguire and then seeing Andrew Garfield, like I would say Spider-Man, the character, soared high. And he's going to soar high in a big, bad way when that Across the Universe comes out. It's going to blow people the fuck away. The, the animation looks amazing alone. The first one was amazing. And Spider-Man is just one of those characters, especially the Miles Morales version with all the different, just that multiverse shit. And speaking of multiverse, Doctor Strange, he was hot. He was fucking kicking it. I think Thor probably soared a little bit low for 2022, only because he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I would normally fucking try to retract that and say, nah, fuck it. You know, different strokes, he's different folks. He's but I just read an interview with Chris Hemsworth the other day that, where he flat out said the only way he'd come back to the characters is if they did something completely different than what they did in this movie. And him and Taika are like, I mean, they're boys pretty much, right? They they had a great time on Ragnarok. It looked like they had a great time on Love and Thunder. But I think he's distancing himself from that movie. And even, you know, it's so fucking, <laughs> it's so retarded, right? Because the movie did like millions. It made millions. 
millions upon millions. Um, it did very well. It's a Marvel movie. But any Marvel movie that doesn't go like fucking $2 billion now is like, ooh, that one. That's the black sheep of the family, you know? <laughs> I mean, so it's all kind of ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. And Thor shouldn't even be a serious character, but people want him to be. So I think I think the best Thor you could probably get is a mix between Ragnarok and Infinity War. You know, you want you want him to crack jokes every now and then, but you want him to be a little bit more badass, so to speak, and not not as quippy, not as jokey. You know, people didn't like Fat Thor though, and I loved Fat Sad Thor. I loved Big Lebowski Thor. So I like a mix of because I because the whole the character itself is just ridiculous. He's a god, you know. He shoots fucking lightning bolts out of his ass and fucking. <laughs> got a hammer magical hammer the whole thing's ridiculous like you have to separate it right a little bit you know what the fuck do i know i don't know that's my answer and i'm sticking to it i can't think of anybody else who soared low besides these goddamn titans these titans are fucking killing me and i keep watching uh but after like episode four i was like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna cancel my hbo because i know enough people now that if i really want to watch a show i can just say hey uh, you uh you got that thing you got the thing I sent you? You mind if I, mind if I take a peek? You like that? You like when it hurts a little bit? Hmm. I know it's pretty. But I didn't take it off you to look at it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at Boofer81, let's see. Catherine's Etta Jones in Wednesday. Hmm. Fuck, she's still hot. Don't get Gomez, though. You know, again, you're not wrong, sir. Thank you, Boofer81. I, I tried to watch the Wednesday show with the wife, my wife, and we really couldn't get past the first episode. I mean, it's fine. It's well made. But I don't think it's really for us. Like, I don't think it's actually meant for us. I think it's actually meant for, like, like teenage girls, you know? I don't... Here's my thing. Wednesday, Adam's family, I love all that shit. I love the Adam's family. I especially love that, that Raul Julia, you know, and, and Angelica Houston. It's a fucking classic. But what makes those movies and even that old black and white show work, what makes it all work is them being the fish out of water. They have to be in a town that's full of squares, regular, straight-laced, you know, normal red-blooded Americans or whoever that are just completely like, shocked by all their ongoings you know they're like they're completely a they're shocked by the all black wardrobes they're shocked by you know granny uh, making bat stew for thanksgiving they're shocked by fucking uncle fester being a goddamn pervy creep in the in the backyard they're shocked by everything even wednesday electrocuting people or pigs pigsley pugsley uh <laughs> you know doing his weird shit you know and through it all you know gomez adams is is charming uh, Morticia, and they're having sex all the time, or at least they're alluding to it, you know. And um, that's what makes it interesting. Like that's what. So when you when the show starts off, and in the very first episode, they send Wednesday to a a school with like werewolves and vampires. It just doesn't work. Like it doesn't. She has to be in a school with people that are nothing like her. And I know that they did it before. They made the movies. They made the animated movies. The animated movies are really good. Those classic. Uh, is it Barry Sonnenfeld that did those? I know Danny Elfman did the music. I don't know. But those classic 90s movies are great. Even the black and white show, it still holds up. It's great fodder for entertainment. It's fucking amazing. I, I, I never get tired of watching them. But I, I went into Wednesday really hyped thinking, oh, cool. You know, Tim Burton is, is I think he directed the first few episodes. He's producing it. It's going to be awesome. But we just couldn't get past the first episode. It was like, 
and that Jenny Ortega, that's right, Jenny Ortega, I think she was, uh, I think she was trying a little bit too hard. Catherine Zeta-Jones, still hot, still looks amazing, you know? She's up there with that goddamn Selma Hayek, you know? Thanos, he wipe out half the population, but these fucking titties. And see, Catherine Zeta-Jones, she could chime right in with like, hmm, yes, Wednesday, we have to send her to a different school, Gomez, but these titties, they're so good. And meanwhile, I love, I fucking love Luis Guzman. I fucking love him, you know? But he's kind of a nasty guy. Look, he works in waiting, you know what I'm saying? As the nasty fucking cook showing off the goddamn bat wing. He doesn't really work as uh, as, as Gomez Adams. Gomez Adams has to be a little, a little creepy, but a little handsome, but a little creepy. Then again, I don't know. The old show, he was super fucking creepy. I guess Raul Julia was the one that made him like handsome. And then Oscar Isaac voices him in the in the new animated movies, but he still looks kinda kinda gr- gruesome, where Morticia is always supposed to be a babe. I guess that's yeah, it, it's really not that far off. Louise Guzman is probably pretty good casting. It's not it's not horrible. Um, but for some reason it did feel weird. Like that John Aston, that Raul Julia, those guys, they felt a little bit more authentic, you know? I don't know. What the fuck am I even talking about? Goddamn, Tim Curry played him at one point, I think. Yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, she's still hunt. Still the one. Suicide Squad, how Avatar needs to break two billion just to break even. Unreal in all caps. I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about this for a second. Hold on, let me get a let me get a sip of that Diet Coke. Uh, Avatar, is it too late? Of course it's too late. And yes, they made four of them. They being James Cameron, I think he made four, or at least three new ones. And they're all coming out back to back every Christmas. Instead of a Harry Potter, or a Lord of the Rings, or a Hobbit, you're gonna get an Avatar, kids. You're gonna get a goddamn Avatar movie every Christmas for the next three years at least. And I think most of it will be underwater. Will I see it? I don't know. I, I, I didn't see the first one in theaters. I'm not hyped on any of these, but I'm not going to lie. I'll probably watch it. My friend will download it on his thing. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and I'll probably watch it. But then again, maybe not. Maybe maybe it does have to be seen on the big screen. Who am I kidding? My wife loves those. My wife loved the original. I'll probably end up taking her to see the sequels. And then what the hell? It's probably a fun spectacle on the big screen. So yeah, I'll probably fucking watch it. But yeah, millions and millions and billions of dollars, billions of dollars alone on these movies. And it'll have to, yeah, it'll have to do very well. Now, when he first sent that to me, I actually thought he was talking about Wakanda Forever because Wakanda Forever is only in week two and it's already at, well, it's already at half, half, half a billion dollars over half a, it's almost at, I think it's 600, over 600 mil globally. So by the end of next week, I mean it'll be at a it'll be at a billion, easily, and it's not even the end of it's not even, it hasn't even been a thirty day run yet, and by the time it leaves that and goes to Disney Plus, I mean it's gonna easily do one point five bill if not more. I think the first one did one point five bill. This one could stand to do almost two bill easily with inflation and everything. Oh, it's a fucking wrap. It's a fucking wrap. So I was thinking he was talking about that like Avatar would have to. You know, because there's always that secret, you know, bidding war between. There's always that secret uh, war between Avatar and Marvel movies. You know, like 
Avatar was the highest grossing movie of all time. And then it was Infinity War. And then Avatar was re-released in China just so it could beat out Infinity War. But then they re-released Infinity War. Yeah, the whole thing's ridiculous. But um, yeah, that's fucking unreal, isn't it? Like the amount of money movies have to make now in this climate, in this culture, to be considered like successful, it's pretty fucking insane. And I want to talk about that for a second because I had some friends um recently they told me oh yeah marvel movies i don't even watch them anymore you know i'm just fucking fatigued i'm fucking over it because i mean and and i get it like for their perspective they're not immersed in it right they don't they don't know all the characters so they didn't grow up reading the the comics so they're like what the fuck a moon knight show i miss like almost every week or every month it seems like a new thing is coming out and that's got to be like fucking insane right i mean to me it's i think we're living at a great time aside from all the you know shootings and the fucking murder death kills and the poverty and the global warming and the social injustice and yeah but aside from all that like we're living in a great time the fact that we're gonna see like i said the fact that we see any of the stuff that we're talking about on this show is a great time you know i mean if james gunn actually makes a mr terrific movie then God damn it, dip me in shit and roll me in breadcrumbs, because that's amazing. And if you don't know kids, you googs. But uh, this Marvel thing, this Marvel fatigue, I mean, I get it. I kind of get it. But I also don't get, like, the the looking down the nose at it in a way, like 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 it's not film, you know, like it's not, like it's not real movie making. Because I had a buddy at the beach, and he was talking. We were all talking. We were all hanging out at the beach uh, back in October. And uh, a couple friends were all sitting around talking. And they're like, one guy was like, you know, Martin Scorsese was right. I think he was right. It's like fucking, they're not films and they're taking over the industry and it's a, it's a fucking burnout and it's like, it's on a fucking power hose and it's just spraying it. And, but I couldn't disagree more because I think more independent movies are being made now than ever before. And I said that then, I'll say it again now for you guys. Um, but I just think it's, anybody that thinks independent film is dead does not pay attention to what's coming out at all or does not, does not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Because a movie like The Lighthouse would never come out and receive the reception it got when it came out. But because of formats like, you know, Netflix or any streaming platform, more independent shit is accessible to people. More people tend to watch it, especially during the pandemic, but even post pandemic. More people, just with the prices and, and inflation and just being out in public, and people would rather sit at home anyway because most people have a really nice fucking theater set up in their home i know a lot of people that have fucking sick setups in their home and they just they'll stay at home and watch something rather they rather than go out to a theater like it has to be someone they really want to see for them to rush out to a theater and there's nothing wrong with that but what i'm saying is it's not the marvel movies and like those blockbusters they're blockbusters the same way michael bay had his day with blockbusters you know when you used to rush out to see the rock and i'm not talking about the rock i'm talking about like Alcatraz the Rock with fucking Nicolas Cage and Ed Harris or Independence Day you know what I'm saying or uh fuck uh even a Jurassic Park sequel whatever the fuck it was like those shits will always be considered as like tent poles right and Marvel just has this thing where oh we created a cinematic universe so not only do we have a tent pole but guess what you're not gonna wait like two three years now we're gonna put one out like every fucking year is it overkill I don't know it's never been done before but then again it kind of has been done before it's just we didn't notice it because it wasn't a cinematic universe. In the 80s, it was horror movies, okay? In my dad's generation, it was fucking westerns. Westerns were like made, they were made 
like the way you breathe oxygen or fucking go to the bathroom and rub one out before dinner. It was like blowing your goddamn nose. Westerns were coming out of the fucking woodwork. That's all you can, there's a whole channel devoted to Westerns, around the clock Westerns. And I'm not even talking about Tombstone Westerns. I'm talking like these 1930s, 40s, 50s Westerns. You know what I'm saying? Some of them are still pretty good. If you watch those old ones, they're great. You watch those fucking Sergio Leones, they're even better. Then by the 80s, 90s, they got a little campier, but fuck it. I mean, there's still there's still a lot of good ones out there, right? They didn't kill cinema. People back then might have thought so, but they didn't. Like they moved on and they still make westerns now. I think there's I think westerns are finding a better place, a better home on TV now, like with Yellowstone and and even the English. I just watched that with fucking actually I didn't even finish it, but uh it was good. What I saw was good with Emily Blunt. Um yeah, so it's it's all it's all there, right? Like so, it's all it's all changing, you know. It's expanding, you know. Sometimes you gotta make some space, kids. Call back. You gotta make some room on your agenda and on your plate and then your appetite for certain things. And people got fatigue about the Marvels. It's cool. It's all right. The Marvel movies aren't going anywhere, and they don't need your help to be successful <laughs> or unsuccessful. Really, I think it's gonna naturally flow out. You know, I think the great thing about the social media feedback is that and the word of mouth online is that the message is received loud and clear you know like love and thunder made a lot of money but the message was received loud and clear that that hey 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 you get your nancy Pelosi bullshit off my fucking ass guard you know what i'm saying you keep that shit to yourself you bury it down way down but then to counteract that 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 aforementioned fatigue is this guardians of the galaxy holiday special and anybody that's not initiated with anything could just roll their eyes like oh god what a cheap way to just cash in on a holiday special yeah we know star wars did one and it was horrible and people hated it but guess what it became kind of a cult classic after the years and guess what this guardians of the galaxy holiday special actually has a lot of fucking heart but i love how they played that homage to it like knowing being full fully aware of what a holiday special is on paper right how cheesy it sounds on paper, and then to take it and run with it. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy saving Christmas sounds so fucking ridiculous. But then it works. Because you see why they're trying to save Christmas. They're trying to they're trying to cheer up Peter. After Gamora's been missing, if you don't know the events of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Endgame, you googs. I had to press pause on it while I was watching with the wife. Like, oh, well, Gamora, see, old Gamora died. Actually, new Gamora died. Old Gamora hasn't died yet. They brought her to the future slash present day. She's now, I guess, technically new Gamora, even though she, technically she's old Gamora. But we, but we don't know where she is. I don't know who's dead. I don't know who's not. I don't know who's caught. I don't know who's shot. Chris Penn, rest in peace if you don't know. You googs, Razzie Dogs, 1992. Yeah, man. From the start of this production, when those when that Marvel title came up and that goddamn fairy tale of New York came on, and I'm sitting there with my wife, and I squeeze her hand, and I go, oh, my God, that's the song they played at my sister's funeral. That's, that's one of Katie's favorite songs, you know? And um, the fucking, the goosebumps just fucking, I mean, it hit, it lit my arm up. You know, I had, I had the goosies, I had the chills. And it's that, uh, that Pogues version of the fairy tale of New York. If you don't know, you googs. It's on the spotties. And, uh... And then there's this band and they, they're, you know, they're aliens, right? They're all living on nowhere and they're trying to understand like what this Christmas thing is, you know? And you got Kraglin, you know, who's uh, Yondu's second 
or was his right hand man before Yondu died in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And Kraglin's explaining like the the Christmas that Yondu apparently or allegedly ruined for Peter. And they're breaking it down, and the Mantis gets the idea to save Christmas by kidnapping Kevin Bacon. Hilarity ensues. I'm not going to give it all away, but it's a 45, 46 minute special, and it's it's full of laughs, and it's full of uh, cheer, and it's full of heart, man. It's so, full of so much heart. Like I I could watch, I could seriously watch a whole hour, two hour movie, even, where the Guardians are just sitting around talking, the same way Age of Ultron started off with these characters just talking in a penthouse. And they're all trying to fight over the hammer so you can pick up the hammer. That shit, when you care about the characters and the characters are well made and they're well written, it doesn't matter what the fuck they're doing. They don't have to fight exploding trash in the sky or a fucking celestial titan before he fucking devours Earth with a side order of calamari and barbecue sauce. No, it doesn't matter what the fuck they're doing. They could have a tit flop, a no tit flop, a double tit flop. It doesn't matter. The characters matter. You know, and it's all about family, and the Guardians are a fucking dysfunctional family. I can't wait for Volume Three to see where the fuck they're gonna go, because I heard it's even more of a tearjerker. But not that this holiday special is a tearjerker, but for me, I mean, it had a lot of sentiment, right? Like I, I connect a lot of this stuff to my sister because we shared that, and we shared comics, we shared this nerd shit together, and um, and all these years later, I, you know, she's been gone now for eight, nine years, and um. But it's just crazy. Shit, it's been fucking 10 years. It's been 10 years, and uh, it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes it feels like less, sometimes it feels like more, you know? And um, it's just a really cool thing when you can have something like this. Like, it means more than just like, it's more than what it is on paper. And it always will be, because it holds a special place in my heart. And I realize it's not for everybody. And it's not in the same place. But that's what I love about this shit is that it can mean so many different things to so many different people. That's why I think a lot of these fans love the shit they love. That kind of fan forever. And I'm not even talking about the... I'm definitely not talking about the toxic fan, the toxic fan shit. I'm talking about the real fans. Like the real fans that just show up because they just love the shit. And they're not gatekeepers. They want to share it with everybody. You know? Of course there's a cash side to all this. With it being Disney and merchandise and selling toys... But I, I don't really like to be that cynical. I, I like all that shit too, you know? I like, I like this stuff because it makes me smile and it makes me happy. And um, again, fucking, I mean, there was a scene where Rocket is talking to fucking Cosmo, telekinetic dog. <laughs> like I, I could watch a whole show with just those two, you know? And going back to Infinity War when, when Rocket was hanging out with Thor or, or uh, you know... Groot fucking playing his video game. Now, now he's fucking swole Groot. You know, he's fucking, Jesus Christ, he was huge in this. Now he's like, I guess he's young adult Groot. He's not teenager Groot. So now he's young adult Groot. He's like in his 20s, I guess. And he's swole. And I guess he's technically like the son of the Groot that died. I always thought it was like a reincarnated Groot. Like one and the same, but who knows? Plants are plants. But there's just some really good banter. And even Kevin Bacon delivers, brother. I mean, he... He even sings a song, and it's and it's good. It's a really good song. It, make, it makes me think to myself, like, man, maybe I need to check out Kevin Bacon's band. That's how old I am. Like, I need to check out Kevin Bacon's band. Hey, I'm in a band. <laughs> hey, Romano. We shop at the same store. Yeah, so, uh, 
Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Thanks for just listening to this fucking show, first of all. I mean, this show is... I started this podcast back in 2016 thinking, hey, I'm going to do a show where I don't take any of this shit seriously. I never thought I'd be making 400 plus episodes on this goddamn thing and i never thought i'd be fucking ranting for 40 plus minutes on any of this shit so uh thanks for listening thanks for writing in and thanks for fucking tuning in thanks for fucking uh hitting me up with any of this stuff and uh i love it and that's why i keep doing it because you guys write in and you say you like it and you comment on it and we talk about it and it's cool and i met a lot of people that i never would have met if it wasn't for this podcast people all over the the states, people all over the world, really. I, I, there's international listeners. There's domestic listen. Domestic? Do you say domestic? Domestic flights and international flights, quarterly flights, closed loop flights, closed looped travels, here and far beyond. No, I don't even know. But it's just awesome. It's just awesome being in this orgy soiree. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Look at the end of the day. Whatever I said, don't take it seriously, okay? Just be well, take care of each other, and for God's sake, just remember, it's just fucking fiction, okay? That's right, I'm talking to you, that one person hit me up on Twitter. It's not a matter of integrity, it's a matter of just not giving a fuck when I'm writing a goddamn tweet, okay? And this shit is just fiction at the end of the day. Yes, it means a lot. But it's just fiction. Okay? And for those of you who just tuned in because you wanted to hear, you know, James Powell rant about his favorite pastime, my, uh, your boy always has you covered. So, to close us out, here he is. As she delivered my medium thin crust pepperoni and sausage, I could just tell by the young look in her eyes that her body, her young body, was just as young as tender. <laughs>